This is Somebody Come Get Her. A humorously indecent historical comedy podcast about the X-rated side of history. And we're your hosts. I'm Corinne Brooks. And I'm Clara Gordon. This podcast contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, okay. Okay, so... Are we breathing now? Are we breathing? <laughs> Matt, are you breathing? See, it works. It works. <laughs> I can't believe this is our first day recording this. I know. This is so crazy. It's been a very long time coming. Yeah, we've been talking about this forever. We're like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And when was the last? It was like the first time that I came over to help you. Mm-hmm. That was like two months ago. That was two months March. ago. Yeah. Now we like found this guy randomly in my backyard and he works for snacks and oh yeah that's matt he's our sound guy say hello matt hello matt's Don't great cry. <laughs> he like We're works for famous, us baby in exchange for nutter butters and like honestly that's the best employee like you could find uh, yeah i would do a lot for a nutter butter <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's will matt mm-hmm. oh yeah we found that one out I'm going out real quick. Look at him, he's so red. Are you shy? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? I'm okay. I'm You're okay. okay. Oh, also joining us somewhere in the room, probably under the bed, is our podcat, uh, Wednesday Caddams. It's true. She's mostly here for support. And to ruin my life. She's, and to ruin your life. Yep. A yes. small menace. I'm sorry my child is an annoyance. Um, <laughs> she just really loves you. She's ruining my everything. It's so rude, Wednesday. I know. Anyways, <laughs> we came up with some really good stories today, I think. Oh, yeah. So, as you know, the theme of the podcast is sex workers through history and things like that. And me being 100,000 years old, I love all things fine arts i love i love the theater however the fuck they say it i can't say it um the theater and wow. i like the the opera and i like you know going to the symphony and shit like all the things like your grandma would like i like you're a fancy grandma bitch i am and i'm only 20 something oh the early half if anyone wanted to guess anyways so <laughs> Uh, the first idea that came to my mind was the opera La Traviata. Um, Ooh. Yes. And this one is about our lovely, ravishing young courtesan in Paris. Her, what is it? I guess her, um, her working name. Her street name. Exactly. Was Marie Duplessis. And her birth name, Alphonsine Plessis. So that's a lot. Yes, exactly. Extra three names right there. Yeah, you know, definitely. That's a family's worth of names, like a family of four for one person. For one person. Yeah. I mean, good for her parents. Mm, yeah, I'll, we'll get to her parents. It's a cool name. It's oh, a cool yeah. name. It is. It is. It's funny because, you know, I'm, I'm doing my research, like one does, and when she was born, I guess her dad, not a nice guy, really bad guy, like it took him 11 months to realize that she wasn't a boy and that she was a girl. Wait, what? Yes, because he always wanted a boy. It's because he was such an alcoholic, like to an extreme extent. 
Uh, that you've got to be like so drunk that you like can't even tell the gender of your child. Eleven months. That's a you know it's still a baby though, so I guess it doesn't count. But still, yeah, he was I mean, just delusional. I mean, but also like you know when you you change your baby, mm-hmm. most times you, it's, it's right, right there. there. Yeah, you'll you'll know. Yeah, and so that really tells you like his hands-on approach to the lives of his many daughters. Yeah, clearly he's just not pulling his weight in that household. No, someone else is always pulling his weight from the bar back home. Mm-hmm. Gotta oh, drag absolutely. him because he's an alcoholic. The, you know, you don't have to get a gym membership that way. No, you don't. Just, that's how they stayed fit in the 1800s. Yeah, they just drag people home from the bar. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Unfortunately. But, yeah. Like day all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it's like, I don't know. We'll, we'll, We'll get back to okay. it. Okay. But, yeah, so there's that. And when he found out that she was a girl, he threatened, all, like, all of them, like, the, all of his daughters and the and the wife. And he's like, I'm going to burn this house down because this is a, you know, I don't know, just went on some drunken rant and almost, like, killed them all. That's like a gender reveal gone wrong. Oh. Like, or 1800s, gone right in America. 1800 you know? style. Yeah, in America, that's just a normal day for us. It's like, true. You know, there's a gender reveal party, and then somehow there's subsequently a forest fire because of it. A forest fire? I saw one a few weeks ago, and it was saying something about an earthquake was started because of somebody's gender reveal. I don't doubt that at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I was like, what am I reading? It was something weird, like out east, like New Hampshire or something. Because I would have thought, like, okay, California always shaking apart because of yeah. San Andreas. But, like, no, it was out east that they caused an earthquake. Can we just all agree that gender reveals are a bad idea? Just all around. Yeah. Thank exactly. you. Can we not do that anymore? I mean, I love making fun of this on Facebook groups. Like, that is one of my biggest hobbies. But at the same time, let's let's give the world a break. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, you lost your house to a fire... Because someone was like, it's a boy. What the fuck? Yeah, that's that's messed up. But yeah. that's our reality. That's our reality. That's like the weirdest part of, you know, the simulation that we're in. I know. Is that gender reveals can kill you. Yeah. And ruin everything. Yeah, you know. You could be like, oh, sorry, I'm late to work. There's a gender reveal. We almost died. So, like, that's a valid excuse. Yeah. So he, like... Almost burned the house down? Oh, he absolutely did set the house on fire. And oh, then, he did? Oh, yeah. They were, like, hiding in the attic, you know, what? trying to escape, you know, his, like, drunken rant. So they're screaming and screaming, like, oh, my God, someone let us out of here. Some random passerby put out the fire, saved them all. Then the mom dipped. She ran and found work with um, this noble woman and, you know, had to... leave the kids behind and send them off to so the father sent them off to um live with his relatives whatever they're all okay all scattered about and that is where the history gets a bit scattered um so he sends our main character our muse if you will he sends her to live with one woman and then she's by the time she's 11 she has to beg on the street you know she's begging on the street at 11 years old and eventually her aunt sends her away again because 
Alphonsine was starting a ruckus. Uh, because, a ruckus. Yes. Because she was having intercourse oh. with um, a farmhand when she was 12 and he was 17. Okay. He said that she seduced Gross. him. Um, which I would like to imagine wasn't, I think, you know. Yeah, it sounds less likely than the truth. Yeah. 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 Blame, blame the 12 year old. Exactly. Blame the 12 year old. Great. Exactly. Real great. Great parenting, guys. Agreed. And then there's another account that says that she actually had lost her virginity to like a, a nobleman who was like passing through town and she got like a 20 no she got two like gold coins afterwards and she was like 14 and he was a nobody you know a gentleman yeah so but at that time that was like yeah whatevs what so and it's it's wild right because i'm like with you i'm like no i'm like hmm well if you look at the history at that time everybody was like "Mm, kid adult whatever and but from like the the accounts that i'm reading like there is a lot of like pushback from the people in the city, the mm-hmm. government. Yeah, you know, because they, you know, that's literally a child. Exactly, that's a child, and that's gross. Mm-hmm. It's true. Let's not. They sent her away because of these scandalous rumors, and this is where it just starts to get you know up and up and up, and so she goes to live with a different aunt, and this aunt basically she would go see her dad, the drunkard, and. One time, her dad decided to leave her with this 70-year-old man Ew. at his, like, bachelor's extravaganza uh, or whatever. Excuse me? Yes. And for the whole weekend, came Ugh. back on Monday with 20 gold coins. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Yeah. She was still, again, like, because she moved with her aunt when she was a 14 or so. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. But anyways, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, the mayor like is like, what the fuck? Like, this is really messed up. And the aunt does get in trouble. She gets, Good. She gets reprimanded. And I think it's, it said, like, possibly went to jail. Who knows? Um, I hope she did. Yeah, exactly. And there was, like, a lot of whatever. That aunt died of syphilis later on. Shocker. Karma. Yeah. A little bit. It gets... Yeah, I mean, I, I've cut out a few pieces <laughs> in here about things that were speculated, mm-hmm. like um, how speculation came between the aunt and Alphonsine because they said that there was possible incest there. Ew. Yes. Oh, right. So. <laughs> so. So at this point, if like we're only at her 14th year on this earth. She started out, you know, her dad tried to set her on fire. She was sent off to go live with his aunt, you know. While she was living with her aunt, she, you know, rumors fly up about her virtue, if you will. You know, her flower. And then she gets, and that's like what, when she's like around 12, maybe 13? Then she gets shipped off with her other aunt who allows her to see her dad and then her dad just casually drops her off with a 70 year old man for a weekend and she comes back with money and i doubt 14. she got to keep that i uh, highly too. doubt it me too no one took her out for ice cream after that oh no she there no. was not anything that she was looking no at. no i mean this is like a 12 14 year old oh yeah like imagine being that age and this is what you're going through. Like, what was I doing when I was 12? Like, Pokemon. 
that's what you you were playing Pokemon. I was uh, on your Game Boy. I was starting a uh, Legends of Zelda secret cheerleading <laughs> squad at my middle school. Oh, you were. Yeah, I did. We had a, like a, a secret cheerleading squad because we weren't allowed to like start our own groups or whatever so i was like okay fine we're gonna do this like secret version and we have to like do our practices behind these like trees on the playground and we like made our own uniforms are you i know i know and i got in so much trouble really i got in so much trouble for doing unauthorized school activities as a 12 year old uh we got to do one game Oh. And they like, then they were like, okay, you can do one, but you guys have to like stop after this because we can't have the youth congregating together secretly. You went to a weird fucking school. I, it was in the middle of Podunk, fucking middle of nowhere. So, you know, mm. we square danced as a class. So, somehow, so did we. Okay. You know? Is that just a universal trauma that we all have? Is like being uh, forced to square dance? Why are you shaking? What happened with you? You were not. forced to square dance? Not to square dance. What did you guys do? I just didn't go. I just, you know. Like, He's yeah. a Shame bad on you. Anyways, you back, back to this poor child. Yeah, dang. You're a poor child. They didn't even let you be a cheerleader. I know. I was for eight I'm years. I'm scarred. You bitch. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I peaked in middle school. Oh, God. So. <laughs> wow. It's all downhill from there. <laughs> Mm-mm. But same thing for her because it no. was all down. Well, yeah, she. Yeah. It wasn't downhill all the way. It was like it was a bumpy road. Yeah, it went back up pretty pretty fast though. So yeah, she, you know she's fourteen. You know her dad is pimping her out on the weekends to fund his alcoholism, and she sent from aunt to aunt, and yeah, and like. Her, you know, her aunt, her second aunt, you know, that she stayed, that she was sent to, is also, you know, it's so so gross. But like, it was. I only found it in one one of the sources that I read. But it was, you know, like the fact that there was talks of freaking incest. You know, that's just ugh, gross. Anyways, we're able to jail to add to the trauma she already yeah. has. Like, just nasty. Anyway, so she's not even 15. Um, oh, my God. I know. So her aunt, um, the second aunt, the one that's a little freak nasty, sent her to live with her mother's side, okay. which is the Vitals family in Paris. And soon after she sends, them to, sends her to Paris to live with the Vitals, she dies of syphilis. Um, wow. I know. Nice, Just right? off that character real early. Yeah, well... Some people deserve it. So I mean, not death, not syphilis. I think. I don't know. Maybe both. Whatever. Justice was served. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and then, so she, when she was in Paris, she worked many, many, many jobs, um, and she started to have fun. You know, she started to have friends. She started to go partying the can can was like a new thing Dan- like just dancing enjoying just having a great time like so she you know often wasn't going to work she was just enjoying skipping work or leaving early and i can relate right exactly I and so relate. i'm reading this little thing and they're like oh you know alphonsine and her friend were gonna go to this hot party down the road and it turned out it was raining 
raining on their parade, almost literally. And so they stopped at a cafe. And the owner of the cafe decided to chat them up, you know. She's like, what, 15 or so, just kind of ready to go party with her friends. She's really nice, really approachable. So he's just talking to her and getting to know them. And next thing you know, she, her friend, and this man are always, you know, every weekend they're going on trips. They're having a good time. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Soon he's, you know, pushed a friend out the picture and it's just him and Miss Alphonsine talking, chatting, you know. Ugh. Being a predator. Yeah. Out of nowhere, he takes her to go see this new flat, this beautiful apartment. It's Paris, you know. This man owns a cafe. She has been begging and working like 400 jobs to make two pennies, you know. So this man brings her to a flat and says, hey, listen, this is for you. Do you like it? And she, of course, says, yeah, of course, this shit is lovely. And boom, she's a capped woman. This is the Sugar daddy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cafe, he's making bonbons and croissants, Mm -hmm. you know? Everyone's all up in that shit. He's Mm -hmm. got money. He's like, okay, let me be all creepy for a minute and find a teenage mistress. Yep, exactly. No. Sir, no. Yep. It's, yeah. So this is the beginning of her... Career. 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 She's a career girl now. She is. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he puts her up in this apartment. Um, he's paying her three francs. I mean, three francs. Three thousand francs That's a week. That's a little better. And when she was working all of her jobs, at most, she could get like 350 francs. This sounds like a modern dilemma, like with the girls who do OnlyFans, Mm -hmm. because they're like, okay, I could work the slave job and Mm -hmm. like get minimum wage that barely pays my rent, or I can just do this on my own fucking time and like be able to pay my bills. Yeah. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, problems don't really change, do they? No, they really don't. It's just fashion that changes. It's just the fashion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'm still wearing my corsets. I don't know. Get it, girl. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, child. Then she met a count because Mr. Bonbon Croissant, you know, was bringing her around like, you know, like hoity-toity society and how how you do with your child's bride. Show her off and, you know, be like, this is what you could have, baby, if you stay with me, you know, a predator. Yeah, and so she catches the eye of another he and she get together and Mr. Cafe Man, he's running out of money, so has to drop her and her apartment and her allowance. And the count is, um, he's rich, honey. So he gets her her own apartment, of course, lavish. And he starts to get her, you know, piano lessons, singing lessons, learns how to do this, you know, how to become like a high society So he's like basically grooming her. Yes. He's grooming her. They both groomed her. They both groomed her. But this one just had like a nicer He just had more funds to do it. Yeah. But that's that's the beginning of Miss Alphonsine. And then she goes on um, to have a child 
with him and the child dies after a month, which is very tragic. That's so sad. Yeah. And that's where her sickness starts. But one thing that's very interesting is that, like, you know, if you think about, like, sex workers today, right, the... They're, you know, it's kind of, society is kind of like, ew, gross, you know, like, they're not people, like, they're not cool. Very dehumanizing. Yeah. But she, as a courtesan, courtesans are, are different. They're kind of, like, <sighs> glamorous, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, because, again, like, marriage was for property, marriage, mm-hmm. and, and transactional. family connections. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, everything was transactional. If they had a mistress or, the, you know, someone on the side, mm-hmm. no one would look at them twice. Why? Because the marriage was for land mm-hmm. and power, you know? So, anyways, so courtesans, like, they, they basically get it all, right? Like, they get spoiled by these rich men. They get... They get to be, I guess, wanted by them, and they get to go out and just, just you know, be in the finest silks and rub elbows with the rich and whatever. Like they were like the original, like Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Like they were the original, like fashionistas who are just having fun. Yeah, um, they were like celebrities in yeah. a way. Oh yeah, definitely. Like she was known well for like her fashion she was known really well for like the way she held herself in court she was great you know they loved her the men of course because mm-hmm. right. yeah let's be real about this yeah i don't know much about the way the women felt because that's also history right like history <laughs> is always made up like especially in those times like men ran everything so if anyone's gonna keep documents it's gonna be the documents that the men wrote you know oh what I'm yeah because they'll be like oh you're just a woman your opinion doesn't matter right and like, you're like oh great cool thanks right they're burning our diaries they're like you can't read you can't stop gaslighting me you know? i can read literally you know abc but that's um, the unfortunate circumstance of this too is we yeah. don't get such an in-depth history on women yeah and how we feel about things that like truly yeah yeah like but see here we go like this is like a normal woman from that time you probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't get like a historical account on but this woman elevated herself to celebrity yeah it's that whole saying what's that saying she was 16 well-behaved women oh yeah rarely make history Mm -hmm. and it's not because they're making history the whole thing isn't about because they're making history because they're like acting out it's literally telling us that just standard women who were just living their lives didn't really matter in history right because if the rules that are made that we are told to follow like are to keep you in line like you're just you know it's basically like okay just stay average stay at the status quo so that everybody is the same conformity is Mm -hmm. king right Mm -hmm. but the ones who are not well behaved who are not like I know you couldn't see my air quotes, but they were there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but the ones that are not well-behaved and the ones that are not, like, following the rules of society word for word, letter for letter, like, they're remembered because, you know, like, they showed that, you know, being the same cookie-cutter girl doesn't really help you. The same way men can be themselves and they can go after what they want, women can too, even if it's... It's appalling and disgusting by, like, the standards that these men told us that we made. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They can go suck it, honestly. They can suck all of it. They can suck it all. You hear that, Matt? 
Yeah. Why are there porn noises in my house? <laughs> I didn't even mean, like, do you hear that? That w- I, I was like, did you, like, hear what we said? Like, you can go suck it, but then it turns out somebody else is doing that. For you know, I bet that's the sound of someone doing an OnlyFans post. Like, oh. wow. Wow. Perfect timing. She's truly going for the gold, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that was... Whew. Please subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> and tip. Thank you. Tip your local sex worker. Pay for your porn. Yeah. Please. Please pay for your porn. That's yeah. so crucial yeah. to the creators out there. They are working really hard mm-hmm. and producing some quality shit, and we should support them. Yeah. It's true. But yeah, long story short, don't be like everybody else. Be yourself, because what matters is you know how you feel about yourself, and history will reflect. Excuse me, anyway. That was so inspirational and motivational, and like, I can feel the tears. Oh, yes. Coming from all the listeners. I know. Are you guys crying yet? Do I have you crying in your feels? Do you love yourself yet? Wow, I didn't know this was going to be a, like a therapy podcast, too. Yeah, as long as I can yell the therapeutic words, yeah. Are you all alone at home by yourself? Nothing to do, nobody to keep you company. Join me, Clara, and my friend Corinne as we lead you through a delightful romp through the X-rated side of history. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash scghpodcast. You might just learn something new. Now that we know the backstory of our good, beautiful courtesan, we are going to hear a, um, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about an opera, La Traviata, like I spoke about earlier. It basically was inspired by Alphonsine slash Mary Duplessis. She would, was the name she changed to um, when she began as a courtesan. But yes, so this play, I mean this opera, excuse me, is one of the most performed operas and it was inspired by her. She was again like the most sought after courtesan in all of France, you know. In what time period was this? This was in the 1820s. Okay. Mhm. So, Alexander Dumas, he was one of her suitors, and she inspired him to write uh, Lady of the Camellias, which was about her, you know, and that inspired um, Giuseppe Verdi to create La Traviata, the fallen woman. If you, you know, you like that little translation. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So this is all about the highly esteemed Alphonsine. In this story, she's the main character, Valerie, Vi- I mean, Violetta Valerie. The reason why this was so near to Verdi's heart, basically, was because he was kind of in the same situation as the characters in you know the book and he was currently dating no he was currently like 
engaged to a woman named Josephine, and she was also a uh, courtesan. And basically, I don't want to give away too much of the story before I start the story, so we'll go back to um, the inspiration. Let's not spoil this opera for all of us here. Opera lovers, I hope you're tuning in. Um, And for those who plan to... Exactly. Partake in this. Okay. So, yeah, you know, pause it now because this is... No, not you. Spoiler alert. Matt, Matt, for the love of God. He's trying to ruin this podcast. This is how we train him. Bad. Bad Matt. Right. No Nutter Butters. I'm taking them away. Yeah. You're like, take away the Nutter Butters, and I'm like, get the paddle. Tie him up. (laughs) Oh, okay. You know? Don't press that button. Okay. So. Spoiler alert right now. Exactly. For the rest of the whole thing. Okay. So. La Traviata. We start with um, the Violetta character. She's at a party. It's being thrown because our good sis is sick with a chronic illness. She has flare-ups, I guess, pretty often. And so they'll send her out to the country like they do back in those times. And she's finally overcome her mysterious ailment. And she's back in town throwing a party, you know, letting all, you know, the rich bitches know that she's here for their husbands. Better watch out, everyone. Honestly, yeah. Get out of the way. Oh, for sure. And then, you know, of course they all showed up because... Their favorite girl is in town. And so she's introduced to our, you know, knight in in shining armor, our, like, nice little prince charming, Alfredo. Oh, Alfredo. 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 Exactly. Mm, That's She's going to eat him up, honey. Oh, yeah. He's spicy, maybe. (laughs) He's done for. Oh, yeah. He's our, our little honey of the story. Our love interest. She gets introduced to Alfredo. And um, they're like, oh, Violetta, Alfredo has been coming to see you in the country every single day during your illness for a year, sending flowers and shit. You know? And she's like, mm. I've never met him before. Who? Exactly. She's like, Al who? Al dente? No, Alfredo? I've never, I've never had that. Never heard of it. Doesn't exist. He doesn't live here. Exactly. I've, I've never heard of an Alfredo in my life. You know. Yeah. She. I like. I imagine that would be really awkward if, like, if that was like a real situation. Imagine someone's like, "Hi, I've never met you before, but I've heard about you. So I showed up every single day, and here's some flowers every single day that you're sick and you don't know about me at all. And I love you. And it's so nice to meet you today. The one day that you're back in town, I had no idea that you were here. Ha ha ha. Like. Yeah. Are he gonna... was doing the John Cusack thing with, like, the boombox outside no. the window playing Peter Gabriel. But, like, instead of the girl going down there making out with John Cusack, she just shuts the window and, like, closes the Literally. Blinds. She's like, never heard of him. She's like, do you guys hear that? What is that? Cl- Turn it off. Turn it off. Mm-mm. She's still with the Baron. Like, she is taken. She's probably like, oh, the Baron probably sent me all these flowers every day. But no... It's her nice stalker. Ew. Yeah. Isn't that 
Wait, we were rooting for him a minute ago. We were talking about how spicy he is, and now he's, like, totally disappointed me. We were rooting for him in her time period, not necessarily ours. In our time period, he's an absolute stalker. And if anyone does what he did, you're probably going to go to jail by the fourth bouquet, you know? Get out, Alfredo. Exactly. Freaking weird. Especially, like, she was in the country. Like, out on the countryside, there's only, like, cows and freaking daffodils out there to keep her company and he was like <gasps> heavy I... breathing outside her window you know doing like a trek all the way from paris Ew. to the countryside like sitting outside her window yeah in a tree because she's in the second story literally and he's like yeah are you my precious like no like for real Gross. she can't breathe she Get can't out. talk like she's coughing up her lungs you know and it's like like no no hello I'm Sir, what stop fetishizing this poor sick woman and let her die in peace okay? honestly God, at this point get out it's fucking weird and then he, how does he get an invite to the party she's never met him before you know how to get to the party sir is Alfredo your real name huh are you really Linguini is that who you are <laughs> just crazy so he just shows up uninvited he, yes. To this party. Well, no. Not uninvited. Okay. He was introduced to her by, like, somebody that she actually knew. So maybe, like, the the boys club likes to just be like, oh, that's just normal. She's just being a bitch if she doesn't accept your advances, you know? Yeah. She's just playing hard to get. Exactly. No. If, she hits, if he hits you, that means he likes you kind of vibes going on, you know? I'm glad we've canceled this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-mm. No, we're not. And if a man hits you, you hit him back or send him to jail? One of the two. So he just, like, shows up to this fucking party. Yep. And she's like, I'm feeling better. I'm partying. And this guy's like, oh, my God, I've loved you forever. She's yeah. like, just breathing what? down her neck. She's just trying to say hi to all of her friends. It's been a year. What's you know? that? So does he, like, yeah. take this farther? And that's what we're here to find out, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. Um. Yes. So... You know, she's, she's like, you know, um, I don't know you. And she's like, oh, Baron, ha, ha, ha. You don't even get me flowers. And he's like, I've only known you a year. And she's like, that man never met me. And he gets me flower every day. And he's just like, ugh, and like goes off. And then, banana, she collapses. She collapses, you know, because she just got back from being like sick for a year. So her body's probably just, you know, a little shaken up, but also fighting off this, sickness that she has so she collapses in the middle of the party and everyone's like let's go gambling yeah let's just go gamble in the other room she'll be fine mm-hmm. she'll she'll be fine let her sleep it up she's perfect you know and alfredo's like my love you know my darling exactly and she's like who are you literally like can't open her eyes like oh oh i guess you're here Cool. <laughs> what? What was he expecting? You know, like he was really watching too much Cinderella. If that was out, then. So she's just like dying. Everyone leaves. Yeah, and they're just, you know, macking. Um, he's he, basically, and so he's, you know, he's he's so fucking excited, girl. Ooh, so he, you know, he wants to talk to her. He wants to flirt it up. This is where we get like. I, like, I know this is about history and stuff, but, you know, again, like, I'm very into the fine arts, and this is where we get that beautiful, like, Rigoletta, and they're, like, doing, like, a little back-and-forth action. Okay. It's very flirtatious. Like, it's very sexy. Okay. Very, 
it's hot and steamy in there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Thank God everyone's playing bingo or else they would have been a really awkward third wheel. You know, he's like, I love you. I've loved you. Blah, blah, blah. Just confessing all of this shit. And she's like, damn, I just got here. You know? But you, at least that's how I would be like. But I just got here. You know? <laughs> Like, I just, I was taking like a four hour nap and here you are being annoying. Why? What's the point? What is the reason? Exactly. So fucking stupid. Anyways. Yeah, but they're just like going at it. They're like, oh my gosh, I love you. I always loved you. You know what? Like, she was like, you know, if you love me, then you need to step because I am La Traviata. I'm a fallen woman. I'm a fallen woman. And he's like, no, baby, that's what I'd like. You know, I'd like you, you know. <laughs> I, you know, I love you so much that I will overlook you being a fallen woman with a man. <laughs> and a deadly illness. Yep, exactly. Like, he don't give a fuck. He's like, nah, no, I, I picked you. So yeah. We're, we're doing this. Exactly. And then, so, she gives him his camellia, this beautiful flower. And she was like, come back to me when the flower fades. And he was like dog that's tomorrow and she said do you not get like are, what are you not getting come back tomorrow like duh and he's like okay bet and like in the leaves you know sorry but i mean it's <laughs> like how much I mean, clearer does she have like you know yeah, that sounds about right yeah it sounds like men of today you know where you're like babe like you're like wow you're so hot <laughs> and he's like yeah thanks uh I'm gonna go play video games. You're like, let me come with you. And he's like, just not understanding. Everything's like going straight over his head. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. At all. But anyways, that was kind of what happened there. So don't worry. Men have been dumb as shit for centuries. Isn't that right, Matt? (laughs) Oh my God, that's so mean. You're gonna make him cry. Oh my God. It's okay, Matt. It's okay. We'll allow you to eat the rest of those matter. I don't think you're dumb. <laughs> I just wanted to get you some there's interaction. A, a lot of dumb men, yeah. Oh, the shock value. We were I talking for Matt. We love him. She loves him. We love him. He loves him. The, the podcast cat loves, loves him. him. The exactly. podcast. <laughs> the podcast who disappeared as soon as we started recording. I she know. wants to be no part of this. It's annoying because she wants to be a part of my allergies, but not part of the podcast. Yeah. So I don't know if I respect it or if it's killing me. That's her contribution. I know. Thanks, Kat. Anyway. Anyways. Anyways. So, <laughs> now she's, you know, so the party's over. We've gone now to the next act. And, um... There's more? Oh, yes, there's more. Oh, my God. That was literally just the background, you know? Him being dumb, her being like, yeah, I'd risk it for that biscuit. This sounds like every Lifetime movie plot. It does. Does that mean Lifetime movies are actually good? I don't know. I mean, ironically, I like to watch them. Right. Okay, but they're so good. Okay. I can't lie. It's all right. My favorite movie, like... I'm so embarrassed. Like, ever since I was, like, a kid, whenever <laughs> I would see, like, Twilight is on, I would just, I have to watch it. No. I have to watch it. It's so... And, like, oh I've done, God. like, drinking games to it. It is my favorite activity. I just like to watch Twilight. But if, like, Robert Pattinson walked past me now, I'd be like, who is that malnourished man on... Sir? Sir, you need a sandwich. Did you need... You Would you like the rest of this iced tea? Like... You need it more than me. Let's get you some help. Oh my gosh, you just revealed your nerdiest secret. 
I don't know what that could be. I what nerdy? That's so normal. Normal people watch Twilight, okay? Okay. Well, I guess I'm not normal. (laughs) We all know that though. Like, I've been advertising that for years. Oh yes, that's why I'm here. That's why I do stand-up comedy. I'm just not normal. Oh yeah, and that's what makes it It so good. It takes a lot of mental illness to get up on a stage in front of strangers and (laughs) tell people about your day. Hi, I have a mental illness. Would you like to laugh now? Hi, I take 40 (laughs) milligrams of Prozac. Want to listen to my day? Exactly. That's, yep. And that's stand-up comedy right there in a nutshell. You know, I'm sure they're missing me in the local scene. Oh, they probably are. They're like, they haven't laughed in 365 days. They haven't been assaulted with a ukulele and a cattle prod at the same time. So, you know... I don't think I was at that show. You weren't at that I show. I don't think and I you was. Missed out. Well, we'll have to, I have to get back into the scene. Um, yeah. Hopefully we can do this through our podcast. Oh, absolutely. And bring this horror to the live stage. Oh, absolutely. In Phoenix and Tempe. Everywhere. Every part of the East Valley, we will be there. We'll be there. In your ear. On your stage. In your lap if your phone is there. You know? We got really far away from this opera. <laughs> What opera? <laughs> <laughs> um, just kidding. Okay, brown. Next act. All right. So it's just so ugh. So freaking Violetta and Alfredo. They are in the picturesque country area. What is that? The, the countryside? The countryside. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Not the country main. The countryside. <laughs> <laughs> the countryside chick. The country appetizer. <laughs> Ouch. Um, I think that would be the suburbs. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? The appetizer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, still country. Um, but yeah, so they're in the countryside and have been there for like three freaking months. Just like being in love and like holding up on each other and kissing and, you know, being like, you know, that little goofy love, you know. Mm-hmm. Alfredo sees, you know, their their housemate is like gathering stuff and going into town at like weird hours. And he's like, halt there, maiden. What the hell's going on? You know, where are you going? And the house help, it spills the fucking beans. And she was like, oh, madame has told me to go into town and sell her things because we can afford this house, <laughs> you know? Because she's obviously, she's not working, right? Because he took her out of Paris where her clientele is at. Yeah. Who in the country appetizer has the money for her? Because literally, I, I read on the web that she used up to, what was it? Like 200,000 francs just outside of clothing, food, housing, you know, because it was all taken care of. That was like her, that's, she used that much every single year on what we don't know, but she wasn't like a gambling addict. Like so. what in the expensive skin cream? Oh yeah. Was she wearing? No clue. Like probably like poison cream and like whatever else. They, I would. That's what they have like that All these so chemicals fun. and stuff, like arsenic and like your makeup, like yeah. everything was so deadly. It's like you wake up and like you could just die because you used makeup or 
cream or wallpaper. Even the wallpaper was filled with oh, poison. Oh, yeah. Even their bread, right? I think... Even their bread. Yeah, where it was like they would, you know, they get the flour, they send it to the next person, the next person cuts it in half, like they do for cocaine. Yeah. You know, they cut it in half, <laughs> add something else, keep it going, keep it going. Instead of eating flour, you guys are eating cement. But I was, you know... I don't know. I, I shoot. I, I think it was like a TikTok that because I watched. I, like I follow these TikTok accounts that are like museums, mm-hmm. you know, like history museums. Mm-hmm. So like, and that's how it was done. And I was like, damn, that's yeah, that's really fucked up. They're yeah. like, that's why everyone's so malnutri- new malnourished. What is you know? <laughs> what are words? I too obviously am because I can't focus. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep. I'll keep you. Angel. I know. Okay, so but she's yeah. spending a butt ton of money on oh, yeah. God knows what. Who knows? Maybe she wanted fresh flowers every day. Uh, you to know, greet Alfredo her in the was. Morning. Yeah, he was offering that and a little something else in the yeah, morning. Yeah, so she's okay. Well, she's you know she's using her time wisely because she knows like she's sick. Yeah. So she's like, look, I'm just gonna spend all this money, go out with a bang. Yeah. And just, yeah, basically, that's what, that's my assumption, too. Yeah. But, like, when she's living in the countryside with him, she is, you know, she's, she isn't working. Okay. And she's used to having the finest things in life. And she's so far away, so you got to pay someone to, you know, go back and forth and all that stuff. So it's probably a very bad situation yeah. financially. And the fact that they had been out there for, like, three months and he just noticed... That she's selling everything she owns. Oh, you know? Okay, okay. And has been for three months so that they could live in the countryside in his little weirdo fantasy was very interesting. So that is interesting. Yeah. So she you know, he catches the house help and she's he's like, What the heck? Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful that she would sacrifice like that for me and da 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 da. And him, hero of the fucking story, he always has to be, right? Gross. He decides, he's like, I I have to leave it right now. She could never sell all of her things for me. And goes into the city and he's planning on doing the same thing to make money. It's like sell all of his stuff. So I'm like, damn, so what she sold all for? If you're, you guys can't live happily in bliss, you yeah. know, like at this point, it's like, damn, she just gave it away for nothing. Now it gets juicier. Um, As if it wasn't already juicy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The the house help is now like, oh, Madame, you know, Violetta. And he's, she was like, oh, Madame, um, we should be expecting somebody coming, you know? Mm-hmm. Thinking it was a person to come and, like, buy her stuff. And it wasn't. Guess who it was? <gasps> who was it? Guess. I don't know, some stinky man. Oh, my God. She's always right. I know. Ugh. God bless you. Yes, it was a stinky man, and that stinky man was Alfredo's father. Ew. I know. Even stinkier. Agreed. Agreed. He pulls up, and he was like, hello, whore. Stop sleeping with my my, my child. And she's like, um, child, anyways. Uh, <laughs> That's what she was like. <laughs> That's what she said. She was That's like, exactly mm, what she said. Like Nicki Minaj did. Yeah, and so she's like, why would I do that? That's crazy. That's the love of my life. Because she thought that she would never have love because of what she did. And she was always like, and I'm okay with that because my life is just for enjoyment and is to be happy just to be happy, you Mm -hmm. know? And that was her outlook on life all the time. 
So if it wasn't, if it wasn't a vibe, she was not a part of it. She was like, is this fun for me? Yes or no? No? Okay, next. Mm -hmm. Which is the way that you got to live life anyway. Of course, big respect for her. But anyways, yeah. So she's like, why would I leave him? That's dumb. And Alfredo's dad is like, please, madam, um, you have to because Alfredo has a sister. And his sister is going to get married. And the fiance is not going to marry her if you are associated with this family. Can you imagine? The audacity of this man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Of both of them, really, the dad for asking and wanting to have his daughter marry into a family that is that shallow and stupid. And then also for the fiance for being like, because of your brother's girlfriend... I will not marry into your family. She is us, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Which is just really, obviously you don't love me. I mean, well, in that time, no one loved anyone, my assumption. But, I mean. (laughs) So dark. It is. It's so so dark. dark. I didn't really realize it was this depressing until now. I was like, this shit rocks. But maybe I have to think about myself, and I think maybe I'm depressed too. We step back and we're like, oh, yeah. Oops. Oops. (laughs) Just super fucked up that he's asking. She was just kind of like, oh, dang, I cannot get in the way of the hustle of my my good sis. And she says, fine, I agree. I will stop seeing Alfredo. It's over. We had a great time. Bounced. That same day, went back to Paris. And guess who she finds? The Baron. Oh, he's back. I mean, yes. And he... And she, they're going to a party in Paris. She's, you know, working again. She's got her apartments, whatever. And Alfredo, good old Alfredo, pops back up. Well, no, his his father pops back up, if we're being honest. Again? You know, because Alfredo heard that she was, you know, at the parties again and he's mm. heartbroken. Because he's like, oh my God, why did she leave me? You know, like, I really loved her. Um... That's probably how you sounded to me. Exactly. And so the dad rushes into Paris to find her. And he's like, Madame, I've made a huge mistake. I can't, like, I broke his heart. I mean, you know, you broke his heart by leaving. I can't live with this, you know, regret. So I'm going to go and tell him what I did by breaking, like, that I broke the two of you up and that you actually love him. And she was like, okay, do that. And um, good luck. Exactly. So the dad goes back to our little crybaby Alfredo and is like, "This is what happened. I'm a total fuck up, but you guys can get back together." And he finally makes his way back to Paris, where she is dying of tuberculosis. <gasps> yes, she's like Alfredo. You know, like can't breathe. Mm-hmm. You know. They finally rekindle their love, and bam, she dies. 23. 23. 23. 23. An icon, so young. Struck down. Yeah. Oh my god, that's awful. I know, right? And so, like... Died of the same thing her mother died of. Was this all, like... So this, like, whole thing was written, like, post her death. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So she really made an impact for somebody who only lived to be 23. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, like, that's... Yeah. Such a freaking life. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous, actually. 
you know, it's one thing to be like, like history will be like, oh, that woman was really pretty. But like, you don't really hear a lot about like going way, way back into 1800s. And it's like, she was beautiful, smart, and had an impact that was this big that something that was written as kind of like a a tribute to her life, like Mm -hmm. she, you know, is still being performed in 2021. You know, yeah. and has been the most performed opera in the world ever. There's a lot to wow. learn from her. La Traviata. Yeah, the fallen woman. You can find it anywhere on YouTube. It's very beautiful. I don't speak Italian, but I do speak drama. You speak drama? I do. Okay. I love Real Housewives of <laughs> Potomac. So oh call me up. Anytime. Yes. That's crazy. So even if you don't understand the language, you understand the drama. But yeah, that is the story of our queen courtesan, Marie du Plessis. I'm doing the story of the notorious cadaver of Mary Patterson. Hmm. Uh, so this is a story that's probably old news because many of the true crime podcasts have covered it already, but there is a part of it that I found so unnerving that I wanted to put more focus on it since the victim in question faced a lot of rumor and scrutiny after her death, plus the mishandling and grotesque sexualization mm. of her post-mortem oh my God. was just beyond creepy. That's disgusting. Unfortunately, with a lot of stories about lower class women of the time, especially those who were sex workers or rumored to be sex workers, they typically end in a young death or murder. This one sadly involves both. So I'm going to be covering the murder of Mary Patterson by Birkin Hare. Most of the time you'll see it lumped under the Birkin Hare murders, but that's giving these assholes way too much credit. So let's just call it what it really is here. It's Mary's. This is Mary's story. Oh, absolutely. This is Mary's fucking story. So what disturbs me beyond just the fact that this woman was murdered and her body sold off is the blatant and disgusting objectification of her after her death. This just goes to show that even in death, women are still aggressively sexualized. Mm -hmm. It's gross. So I got an immense amount of information about the story from the amazing podcast, Tenfold More Wicked. Kate Dawson did an incredible job covering that story, and I want to listen to all of the stories she tells. She does really intense historical research Mm -hmm. on, on these stories, and this one was so amazing. I also got uh, information from a historicuk.com article by Ben Johnson and the Mary Patterson Memorial page on findagrave.com. Weird place to get information, but I really like findagrave.com. I just the fact that like there's a website called findagrave.com. It's uh, you know, I'm very afraid of everything, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. I don't know if anyone noticed. <laughs> um <laughs> So, like, the fact that, like, find like find a grave, like, find an yeah. apartment, apartments.com, but for graves, but you for know? But for graves, yeah. It's cool because it's you fun. can see, like, your ancestors' graves or, like, post a memorial for a loved one. Yeah. But you can also get information on historical figures, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, our story takes place in 1820s, Edinburgh, Scotland. Mm. Imagine it. I'm imagining, honey. It's 
probably dark and cold and I feel like it's green and it's, foggy. They're like, yeah, it's all foggy. Yeah. 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 So at this time in the 1820s, medical colleges used cadavers to study medicine. However, they could only legally use the cadavers of those who had been condemned to death. What? Excuse me? Yes. The fact that, like, mm, like, not to be like, you should be able to use whatever cadaver you want. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> it's more like, damn, like, how'd you get condemned to death? How'd they do it? How'd they kill you? You know, like, what is that? Yeah. And then, like, they just roll your hot body into mm-hmm. the, you know, because I, I have a hot body. In case you guys can tell. Just, like, roll your hot body into the freaking um, medical school. And they're like, cut it up yeah. right now. I guess they that was, like, a further punishment after death in that regard because you're yeah. violating that person's corpse is yeah. like is also a punishment because you don't true. get a proper burial really no you don't get a burial at all no I guess so that's... you become i don't know a vessel of knowledge i guess for nice the future it. of humanity yeah. uh so this is much more fun than mine. <laughs> this, first. this system started to run dry due to the Judgment of Death Act of 1823, which led to the crimes punishable by death in Britain dropping like crazy. So, like, cool, we have way less death, but mm-hmm. now we don't have as many dead bodies for our future doctors in training to practice on. A dilemma that you don't really think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah they weren't ready for that. And mm-hmm. this is where it gets weird if it wasn't already pretty messed up to begin with. Uh, (laughs) So now we have a huge supply shortage for dead bodies. To top it off, the schools are offering payment in exchange for bodies, and more so if it's fresh. Oh, so they're kind of like, uh, they they didn't intend to be, but they're kind of like hitmen, you know? They're like, Uh, give me the body, give me the body, here's your money. So it's, it's pretty obvious where this is going. It's like a recipe for a serial killer. Yeah. So now we get like a ton of shady dudes running around, digging up graves, calling themselves the Resurrectionists. Oh my God. These freaking, what are they called? Uh, grave. Uh, grave robbers. Yes, that's it. So it was becoming such an issue that family members would often have to camp out at their loved one's graves to keep the grave robbers away. That's horrible. So, like, my question is, like, what do you do if you're out there and you're, like, camped out at a grave with a shotgun and, like, they're over there just, like, robbing someone else's grave and you're like, hey, can you not, like, fuck up Martha's grave, please? And they, like, pull the shotgun out. Like, what do they do? Is that what they do? I mean, they could, because, like, on one hand, it's like, okay, yeah, like, you're saving the, like, the bodies from getting out of the grave, but they could literally just shoot you too, fresh body. Yeah, I know exactly. And, like, you know, like, I don't know. That's pretty crazy. So, like, they could have also just minded their own business. And, like, look, I'm, I'm busy over here guarding this grave. Just, as long as it's not this one. I'm, I'm just super curious. I don't know. And, and Let's al- go back. <laughs> it also got so bad that they had to start installing watchtowers in the cemeteries. Oh, my God. A job that I'm also very curious about. Yeah, imagine, like, working at a grave or, like, having... Like, you're literally sleeping next to your friend that died. That's creepy. Right after they died. Anyways. But it's it's nice. They're trying to make sure they don't get... It's it's very kind. Requisitioned for something else. Yeah. <laughs> so this leads up to the most infamous of these medical research murder scammers, mm-hmm. William Burke and William Hare. They stayed busy in Edinburgh from 1827 to 1828. I'm going to dip my toes into their story for a second for some backstory. 
So Burke and Hare were a pair of mega shady dudes who had moved from Northern Ireland to Scotland for work. Burke had like a whole family with kids and a wife who he just like walked out on to start a new life with his mistress girlfriend, Helen McDougall in Mm. Edinburgh. The McDougalls. Yeah. So Hare lived on the same street with his lady, Margaret Laird, and they ran a boarding house. So they kind of like lived together as common law husband and wife, but they weren't really married. But How modern. Yeah, they were like, you know, 1820s, mm. staying modern. Yeah. In December of 1827, one of Hare's tenants, delightfully named Old Donald, I <laughs> love that, passed away from natural causes. But sure. He, when he <laughs> passed away, he left behind a rental debt of four pounds. So to reclaim that debt, Burke and Hare were like, okay, we've got a plan. They took old Donald's coffin right before the funeral and weighed it down with like a bunch of heavy shit. Mm -hmm. And then they hauled off his body to the medical school at Edinburgh University where they met a very popular anatomy lecturer, Professor Robert Knox. Knox paid Burke and Hare seven pounds and 10 shilling for old Donald's body. Thrilled at the prospect of making more money, those guys were like, let's start picking off other potentially sick tenants. Oh my god. So what they do is like if they found someone that was like sick or whatever, they would get them super drunk and then fucking suffocate them. Oh my god. This way, like previously weak or ill people who would appear as though they had passed naturally could slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Of course, the ill tenants also started to dry up. Yeah, exactly. So the men were like, okay, let's take it further. Oh my god. They decided to prey on Edinburgh's poor communities, mostly those who would not be easily missed. This is where Mary Patterson comes in. Mary Patterson was born in 1810. We don't really have a lot of information about her life, unfortunately. She was rumored to be a girl about town. However, there isn't really much evidence to back that up, and a lot of it was speculation. Mary was poor, but known to be beautiful, well-known, and well-liked. She had come to Edinburgh from Glasgow to work as a maid. She had a brief relationship with one of the students at the medical school. She became pregnant by him, but the guy was already engaged, so he's like, yeah, see you later, Mary. So she had to deal with all the after-effects from this total fuckboy. But she did end up carrying the pregnancy to term, and while in old-timey pregnancy confinement, she lodged with a friend of hers, Helen McDougall, and her shady live-in boyfriend husband, William Burke. Mm, After, McDougall's, right? Mm -hmm. After Mary had the baby, which was a boy, she left the baby in the care of another friend and was accepted into the Edinburgh Magdalene Asylum. Creepy name, right? Yeah. So the Magdalene Asylum was located in Canongate and was kind of like a reformatory for young women. It was established in the 1790s as a reform school for women who were in danger of becoming criminals later on and sort of reformed them into members of, quote, acceptable society. Oh, God. So basically they were kind of like trained to be like domestic workers for, quote, reputable houses. Mm. So Mary was there for a couple years and she was finally let out in April of 1828. She was looking forward to, like, a better future, and to celebrate, her and her friend, Janet Brown, met up for breakfast. 
Mary and Janet went to William Burke's lodgings because, you know, they were already acquainted with, you know... Right, that's that's her, her friend, her man. Miss McDougal or whatever. And they're like, okay, well, we'll just go to breakfast at their, their inn or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, while they were there, Burke is like, oh, let me give you some breakfast. And then he starts giving them bottles of whiskey. Oh, man. To get these poor girls drunk. So Mary became so intoxicated to the point she just, like, passed out. And Janet noped out of there and took off because, like, Burke and his living girlfriend, like, Helen, were in, like, a huge argument because Helen was like, why are you inviting all these, like, chicks over to drink for breakfast? You exactly. You freaking weirdo. Like, right. what is going on? And so they're arguing. Boundaries. And Janet's like, yeah, fuck this shit. Um, I'm just going to let my friends take this off and I'll come back and I'll get right. her. Right, Yeah. But, you know, Janet, unfortunately, was like, you know what? Fuck the buddy system. But, you know, that saved her life. Oh, it absolutely did. But it did not really save her friend. Yeah. Janet but how does she know? You know, yeah, like, how do you yeah. know when someone's going to, you know, you don't your really, friend? Yeah, she was like, we trust. I trust them. I know them. It's fine. Right. Like, you it's literally cool. met her yesterday. She's so, a McDougal. She'll sleep it off. I'll come back and get her. And <laughs> yeah. she comes back to get her. Only to find that Mary's missing. Oh, yeah. She had no idea that her friend had already been murdered by suffocation at this point and was lying dead under the same straw mattress where Janet had last seen her. Mm. So she's like, her friend's like, hey, she's like looking around, like, and like, her friend's dead under the mattress. That's right. so she's like, They're like, creepy. oh, she's in the bathroom. She's in the bathroom. She'll be back. And then there's like, meanwhile, there's, there's like, like a hatchet behind her. Right. Yeah. Like, ugh. A whole decaying Rose. Body. Not long after, Mary's body was hidden away in a tea chest. What? And it was like... Damn, so, how big is that chest? They I mean, had pretty big tea chests. They probably like crumpled her woman. up a little bit, you know. Oh, oh yeah. It's she was still fresh. So they're like, okay, let's get her this tea <laughs> chest. Tea, they, had, they drank a lot of tea back then. I imagine the chests were big. I guess. <laughs> so they hid her in this tea chest. Uh-huh. And they carted it off to stinky old Dr. Knox. Yeah. And he was like so astounded by the beauty and freshness of Mary's corpse. Are you serious? So he's he, a necrophiliac. He had the total fucking hot. He was like, yes. Ew. So Burke goes in there and he's given a pair of scissors by one of the Knox's students. Oh my god. And he cuts off all of her oh hair. My, oh good. He cuts <laughs> off all of her hair. I thought it was going to get worse. I think it was like he was going to sell it to like a wig maker because people did that at that time. They would like sell That's their hair. Crazy. And so like he's profiting even further off of her murder, which is gross. Remember when I said it was going to get weirder? Um, I like, this oh just gets weirder. No. I know, I know. I, I feel like there should have been, like, a break, you know, and... To process what I just told you, because it was a lot. <sighs> um, yeah. Um, Knox so and his scary. students, uh-huh. they could not get over how hot they thought the corpse was. Oh, my God. So it was a whole class that was kind of like, They're wow. just a bunch of horny medical students, and they're like, look at this naked bitch we got here. Oh, like, no, no, no. And like, no, no. no. So, so gross. Scared. So much. Like, they were so, so into her that, like, her body was spared from being dissected. No way. Only. Did you get paid? Only to be preserved in a tank of whiskey. Oh. They literally just kept her body in his office in a tank of whiskey to preserve it. Yeah. Creepy ass Dr. Knox. He had her corpse in his office and he likes showing it off. 
which is terrifying to think of. So he's got this poor woman's corpse. He's like, look what I got. And people are just like, wow, that's wow, crazy, that's Dr. Crazy. Knox. She's hot. He he went as far as to bring an artist to sketch it. Shut up. Because of how beautiful he thought it was. This is really disgusting. That's not an excuse. Excuse me, sir, but this is a murder victim and not some creepy home decor from, like, Michael's Halloween section. And that artist is literally just like, so, uh, this is a dead body. And he's like, yep. Fresh from last week. Oh. Pass me another paintbrush. Cool. You know, like, uh. It was there for three months. I wonder at what point he was like, hmm, maybe I should put this away. You know, like, was it when the skin was coming off? Unfortunately, or? uh, well, fortunately, someone stepped in. So. It took too long. Dr. Knox started getting really bold about showing off his prize corpse, and he showed it one day to a fellow surgeon named Robert Liston. Liston was super into doing charity work and often operated in the poorer neighborhoods on those who had been turned away from the hospital. He was pretty familiar with the lower classes of Old Town, and he immediately recognized the body to be of Mary Patterson, and he was so pissed off. By Knox's creepy possession and like kind of the smugness about objectifying and owning her, he punched the hell out of Knox and ordered her remains to be removed for burial. Okay. So he's like such a like. That was really yes, sweet. Like, I'm really glad that someone was there. Someone for... looked out for her after death. I mean, yeah. it's unfortunate circumstances, but yeah. Thank you for doing that because that is beyond terrifying. You're just sexualizing this poor woman's corpse. Yeah. She, she died young at 18. 18? She was 18. She was, they speculate between 17 and 18 when she died. Wow. So she was still a baby. Okay, so unfortunately, nobody let poor Janet Brown know oh my that they God. found her. So Janet, the badass oh. Janet Brown, she didn't stop trying to find out what happened to her friend. Like mm-hmm. She was like knocking on doors like... Have you seen Mary Patterson? Yeah. Where's my friend? Yeah. And Portia only found out what really happened to Mary during the eventual trial of Burke and Hare many, many months later, once they'd been caught. Mm-hmm. It would be another six months of killing after Mary Patterson's death before Burke and Hare were finally found out. They were likely able to go on for that much longer due to the general outlook on the poor that they were targeting. Basically, most people just didn't care. Being a good friend during the subsequent trial, Janet defended Mary's reputation. Absolutely. Which had been overly sensationalized by the media. People were going nuts over the story as it was so insane. Mm-hmm. And the rumors and legends started to amplify. I mean, like, you, like, but you can imagine, right? Because, you know, our good fucking Dr. Evil was, mm-hmm. the way he was talking about her to everybody that would come in, you know, like... Oh, look at her, this sexy individual, you know? Like, so it's already put in people's heads that she probably was salacious in some, you know, way. So, there were rumors that they found out she was, quote, a sex worker because there was this, like, legend that, like, a guy went to dissect a body and when he looked at the body, he realized it was the woman he had slept with the night before. And, it's some stupid rumor. They were like... People can die after they have out. sex. Yeah, that happens, you know, you know? So that's kind of where they were trying to sh- shove that into the media there. Lame. 
But I was selling stories. So, you know, for the media, Mary's story was much more satisfying if the consequences were from being an immoral woman. Hmm. So it's more salacious. They're going to sell a lot more papers. Mm -hmm. As if that somehow more justifiable. Likely this was not the case. And Mary was simply trying to live life as best as she could. And a bunch of greedy assholes just cut it far too short. When Burke confessed to her murder, he admitted to gaining eight pounds from her corpse. In today's American currency, that's not even $300. Are you serious? Yeah. Now, don't quote me on that math. I just looked it up on the computer, but that's what I got from that. Hmm. Thankfully, though, Burke was tried and convicted for not just Mary Patterson's murder, but for the other murders that he took part in at the time. He was sentenced to death by hanging in front of a crowd of 25,000 cheering people. Good. He was hanged to death on January 28th of 1829. And in a great twist of fate that I really love about this story, his body was put on public display. Then it was donated to medical science. I hope they really dissected the shit out of him. It didn't stop there. Oh. (laughs) Anatomy students took parts of Burke's skin as souvenirs. Oh my god. And some of them used it to bind books. They objectified him in death as some ironic fate for him. You can actually still see his skeleton to this day. It's on display at Surgeon's Hall in Edinburgh next to his death mask. It's not entirely known what has happened to Mary Patterson's remains. She may have been buried in secret to avoid any further disruption to her remains since her case was so sensationalized. Mm. And that's the disturbing tale of Mary Patterson's body. This is so sad. I'm, I'm really glad that those people were caught and, you know, strung up. But Jesus Christ. Yeah, Hare actually escaped. He, he escaped. He fled with, like, his girlfriend or whatever. Of course he did. Yeah. Yeah. To kill another day. But Mary's, uh, Mary's killer suffered almost a similar fate. We thank God. Drown those crazy people. I, oof. Wow, yeah, that one's a heavy one. Yeah. That's a heavy God. story. Yeah, I mean, it was just so... That's the thing about true crime, right? Is that, like, it can happen to... Not today, I hope. But, you know, people can be murdered for their parts and, you know... Well, there was that whole thing here in Phoenix, like, a couple years ago. With the one who was in... With the the body shop. No, there was, like, a whole warehouse where they were storing dead body parts out here in Phoenix. And some guy was, like, selling them on the black market. Where did you read that? I've never heard. It was all over the news. Yeah, it was, like, a true story. There was just, like, buckets of body parts everywhere and shit. Like, arms and legs and organs and crap. And it was not even, like, labeled. It was some scam, too. They were, like, donate to medical science research. And, like... It was just people collecting organs. They were just collecting dead bodies, hacking them up, and then, like, shipping them off places for thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, because those organs are not viable. You know, like once they pull them out and they just put them in a bucket and then they're like, anyone want to buy this? Oh, I think think that was like when they were checking out the crime scene and stuff. But like, yeah, they had like all this stuff like just all over the place. It's really gross. And I'm so glad they caught that psychopath. Mm hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So glad. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> The Phoenix buddy part warehouse. You know what? She's joking. I won't be a part of that episode. (laughs) I only have so much. Can you believe us? We did one episode. No, I can't. It was so fun. I know. And we're going to make more. Oh, yeah. So many more. This is just part one out of a bajillion. Yes. And to all our listeners out there, if anyone would like to write in with their own stories. Oh, yeah. We love to hear them and share them. Yeah. Any type of story, honestly. Any story. It doesn't have to be so deadly like ours. Mm -hmm. Um, But anything that you think is just really interesting that you want us to look into or something that has happened to you that you think that we would love, you would want to hear our opinion about or that you think we would love to hear. Um, and especially, like, anyone who's, like, a sex worker or works in the adult mm-hmm. industry, OnlyFans creators, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what are some of your first-hand accounts of stuff that's happened to you yeah, while you're working. Funny stories, because we all know that's... Oh, yeah. Behind the scenes, it's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, send us in your stories at somebodycomegetherpod at gmail.com. And that's a wrap for us. Yeah. Did you enjoy what you heard tonight? Would you like to get an exclusive look of what we offer patrons of the podcast? Visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash S-C-G-H podcast and show your support for Somebody Come Get Her, a sexy historical comedy podcast.